Coming up on NRL Teams, a giant blow for the Cowboys as Valentine Holmes prepares to face his former club for the first time. Kalen Pollard returns from suspension, but is there room for rookie Tex Hoy and is the Knights skipper still in a daze? Will Kieran Foran finally make his long-awaited return from injury to revive the Bulldogs' season? And is it time for Paul McGregor to pull the trigger on some of his underperforming stars? Yeah, plenty of uh, questions to be answered here on NRL Teams, brought to you by Telfast. We're looking forward to round four. Brett Kamali, Robbie Farah, that means we've had a... A weekend of footy to enjoy. Round three, how good was it? Yeah, it was really good. It was actually great to have Rugby League back on the TVs, uh, something to watch live sport. We're the first code in Australia to go be back and participating, and, and the numbers were astronomical. Obviously, everyone's been craving live sport, and I think that the, the NRL has delivered a, the best product we could have uh, of the first round. Robbie, I was glued to the TV screen all weekend, and you were as well. I was. Obviously, started with a great game on, on Thursday night. I thought... Um, you know, defensively, I thought the Broncos really hung in there and showed a lot of resilience. And then I think that as the games went on through the weekend, you saw a great performance by the Knights as well, under pressure, uh, pulling out a draw there. And then we saw some great individual performances too over the weekend. All right. Well, uh, we saw a great weekend of footy, but did these two guys get their predictions right for round three? Uh, I think one ref and six to go will be a huge success to the game. Can I tip the Titans again? I just want to see the Titans win. I feel sorry for the Titans. And in the end, it was a hammering. Full-time, North Queensland 36, Gold Coast 6. Robbie, for the sake of the Gold Coast Titans, you're not allowed to predict that they're going to have a win this week. Well, not this week. They're playing the Tigers, but I do feel sorry for the (laughs) Titans. But I just don't know what's going on up there. You know, you just wait for them to get better and compete and... Um, unfortunately, it was a, another week of misery for the Gold Coast. We'll have to wait and see whether Justin Holbrook makes any changes. But congratulations. Oh, I will we'll, give you a wrap. Yeah, thank you. It thank right. you. Yeah, you proposed, yeah. So far, all the feedback has been, we love the fast pace, we love less wrestle, and we love the attacking footy. That's a trend we've, we've seen after one week. Yeah. But will it continue or will it change? I think it'll continue until the players get match fit. Obviously, limited off-season uh, with, the, with the change of, of being rushed back to training and having to play. Uh, I think the players will get better as they get a bit more match fit. I still expect a quick play the ball to continue and be in favour of the attacking side more than the defensive team. We become such a WrestleMania competition, yeah. build pressure, kick to the corners and just wear sides out. So I think the one ref and the six to go will continue the flow for the attacking side, but I do expect it to get a bit closer to the margins with some more match fitness happening. Robbie, when there's new rules introduced, we normally see the best coaches stay ahead of the curve. Will we yeah. see that in the coming weeks, the, the Trent Robinsons, the Craig Bellamy's, the Wayne Bennett's, get their sides used to this new... Yeah, look, I think you'll see coaches try and counter what's going on, but I really like the brand of footy that was played, and I think you'll find... Like, you know, I've spoken before about rugby league becoming really structured, a lot of block plays and out the back, and you know, teams going to a point to set up for another play, and I think now, with these new rules, as you mentioned, the best play of the ball in the games... Sorry, the best play in the games is a quick play of the ball, and you'll see players that can play eyes-up footy, instinctive footy players... Playing off the back of that, I think they're the sides that are going to really succeed this year. And it looked like all players responded to the one referee messaging rather than two, which was a positive. A positive was uh, the performances from some individuals over the weekend. Uh, your MVP votes for round three, Robbie? Yeah, my three points went to Tommy Trapojevic. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Uh, two points went to George Williams. Uh, and then my one point was Valentine Holmes, who I think just is starting to get those classy touches back in his game. Yeah, we'll talk about him ahead of his uh, match-up with his former club this weekend.
Noddy, did any of those players feature in your top three as well? Yeah, the top two did. Uh, I thought Tommy Turbo was amazing for Manly, so he got my three points. George Williams, uh, against the Melbourne Storm, I, I was looking forward to see how he goes against a team that's going to pressure him and take time away from him and absolutely blew him off the park. And, and my one point went to a guy who's getting better with age and games management, your partner in crime, Benji Marshall. It just They looked gone when they got behind by six points. They had all the running Tigers get behind, and then the experience of Benji just takes control back, kicks the corner. Um, could play for four more years, Benji. Okay, so Tom Trevojevic, <laughs> Benji was great, but Tom yeah. Trevojevic, six points across the weekend. Yeah. Is he the best player in the game currently? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I, I, he, we, unfortunately, we missed a lot of Tommy last year. He had the hamstring injuries and couldn't yeah. get going. And then once Origin started, we saw a wonderful run for Tom Trevojevic and Manly for the, for the end of the season. So I think if he plays every week, he's probably going to be the leading try scorer in the competition and the Dalian winner in the competition. Wasn't there a stat last year where he was like undefeated after his first 12 or 13 games of the season? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, between, between, yeah, Manly, Manly didn't lose a game while he was playing. Yeah. And I'm with you. I think if he stays fit, Manly are a real threat in this competition because you've got Jake in the middle um, with his ball-playing skills and then you've got you know, Tommy around the ruck, especially with these new rules. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just a threat all over the park and he was, he was incredible all right, on well, Sunday. Well, the buzzer means that the teams are in for round four and it all kicks off with the Broncos uh, in action against the Roosters this weekend at Suncorp Stadium. A couple of changes for the Broncos. Herbie Farmworth is in for the suspended Katoni Staggs, who has been hit with a one-match ban for a high shot on Dylan Brown. The Englishman is on the wing with Jesse Arthurs shifting to the centres. Jake Turpin, he missed both training sessions so far this week with general soreness. Corey Pakes has trained at hooker and could fill that role on Thursday night. A nasty calf laceration will see skipper Alex Glenn miss a couple of weeks, but Ethan Ballamore starts in his place. We finally get to see Tessie New in the NRL. The 18-year-old outside back will debut on the bench alongside Reese Kennedy, who is another fresh face in the 17. Let's look at the Roosters. Victor Radley has been named, but the NRL judiciary will determine his fate Tonight, the lock is challenging his dangerous throw charge and will miss a week if he is unsuccessful. The Roosters could be boosted by the return of Mitch Orbison, who missed round three to attend the funeral of his father last Friday. Siwa Tokoyaho is also pushing to come back from a hamstring injury. Now, the Broncos, a couple of uh, players I mentioned there, but they join a couple of other key players on the sidelines. Let, let's look at the missing Broncos at the moment. David Fafita, Alex Glenn, Tavita Pangai Jr., Katoni Staggs, Jack Bird, Jordan Kahu, and, of course, Sean O'Sullivan. Uh, Noddy, the question is, with all those changes, with the explosiveness of Dave Fafita, Tavita yeah. Pangai Jr. out, the fast footy that we've got now... So the Broncos need to change the way they attack. Yeah, they do. And, and well, they've lost leg speed, which is a big part of the game, as we saw last week. The, the play of the balls are so fast, athleticism's got to be increased. So I think it's really important you have guys that are mobile and athletic. And you said Tavita Pangai Jr. and Dave Tafita, two massive outs for their forward pack. They've got a lot of depth, but they've got a lot of the same sort of players in depth. And I think Brisbane are one of those sides that are very structurally coached. Plays to plays, points mm. on the field, do they're going to play, come on the back of. So that's probably got to change a little bit, yeah. But I think I, I just expect the pace the Roosters will play at will be far too quick for the pace that the Broncos can play at this weekend. What about the Roosters, uh, Robbie? Uh, Boyd Corner missed the first two weeks. There's a lot of superstars in that side. The James Tedesco's, even last year, Cooper Cronk, Latrell Mitchell, that take the shine. But what difference? You've played alongside yeah. him at the, at the highest yeah. level. What does he do to a footy side? Yeah, well, when you look at Boyd Cordner, he's not blessed with great footwork or incredible size or, or power, but 
Yeah, what he does, he does really well. He, yeah, he's got a simple game. He he runs a great line off off Kiri. You know, every time he's hitting that inside shoulder, as you can see there on the on the half on the three man, and uh, yeah, if he's not getting the ball, he's causing a great decoy, you know, and dra dragging the defence for the for the ball to go out the back. And I think the work he does off the ball goes unnoticed. You know, you, you see his talk and his leadership as well. And um, as I said, defensively, I think he does a great job for him. And, and just that hard running line, he. It's just like clockwork for him. He does it week in, week out. You know what he's going to do, but he does it so well that it's hard to stop. Uh, obviously, we know he didn't play the first two rounds because of resting or looking after his body. So at some stage, he's going to miss a week or two. With There's no origin, there's no split rounds, there's no buys. So he's got to be that leader, I suppose, for every week he does play. Yeah, when you yeah. said it's like clockwork, when he scored that try, it was all oh. business. Boys, a couple of high fives, but straight back to the mark to go. He, he just runs that line so well. You see me, he starts on the outside shoulder of the half, and then before you know it, he's cut back to the inside shoulder, and he's, he's just running at such speed that he's so hard to stop. All right, uh, Friday night footy. We've got the Panthers, who will want to make up for that uh, draw on the weekend. They were in the box seat to win it up against the Warriors. Let's look at the home side. There's still no Dylan Edwards who is battling a hamstring injury, while Stephen Crichton has been retained at left centre ahead of Brent Naden. Liam Martin appears to be the only change to the Panthers' lineup. He's been named on the bench ahead of Billy Burns. Let's look at the Warriors. Their injury woes continue. Centre Petahiku hasn't been named after leaving the field in the first half against the Dragons with a rib injury. Carl Lawton will start in the centres this week. Lachlan Burr is still missing after he suffered a head knock at training last week. Ignatius Parsi is also out after he accepted a one-match ban. Now, this is an interesting one. Rooster turned warrior. Puasa Fa'amasili comes straight onto the bench after the prop was loaned to the injury hit team for the next month. That deal could be extended. And Josh Curran is the fresh face on the bench. Noddy, the Panthers, I guess, have a key man in Viliami Kikau that they love to go to. But when he is nullified... What is the missing link? What do they need in their attack? Yeah, obviously without Nathan Cleary, I think they need some more creativity out of the halves or out of a ball-playing fullback. You know, I think Coruscant did a wonderful job for him last week around the ruck. Um, but as you said, Zach, Kikau's like the... If you go back to junior football, you just chuck the biggest kid the ball and he carries five blokes over and scores a try. Well, he was brilliant and, and he scored a, a try, but you can't just chuck him the ball and say, Villiamo, why aren't you scoring? Because that's what happens. He, he gets fatigued, they do tackle him, and then... The strength goes away. He went off yeah. against the Roosters in round one, but he came back with a couple of freakish plays and got them across the line. What else yeah. do they need? They need another point of attack. As yeah. Noddy said, they don't really have a ball-playing fullback in, in Atkins. Um, obviously, Cleary not there at the moment. Uh, young set of halves. But I, look, I want to give a shout-out to, to Matt Burden. I think he showed great character. Like For him to, to have five field goal attempts and keep demanding the ball, I think it's going to hold him in good stead. I know he didn't end up coming with a match-winning play, but the fact that he didn't shy away from that responsibility, you know, they could have easily just given the ball to, to um, Jerome, Luai. Jerome, Jerome Luai after the you know, first or second miss and said, oh, here you go, here, have a crack. But you know, the kid wanted the ball, he wanted to keep trying, and he, and he did. He didn't come up with the, the match-winning play, but um, yeah, full credit to him for, for having that character. And full credit to the Warriors. They set an NRL yeah. record on the weekend. They've been up against it more than any other club, uh, staying away from their families after having to go to New Zealand and being in proper lockdown. We've had yeah. it pretty good here in Australia. 45 completions from 47 sets. Robbie, where did that come from and for, can they do it again? Well, they were 45 from 45 up until the last five minutes. And look, I think, you know, we spoke earlier about the new rules this year and the speed of the game. I think, if anything, possession is going to be 
so much more important this year. I think if, if you can hold on to the ball and, and really wear down the opposition, I know it's always been important, but I think even more so now with the speed of the game, you know, for the Warriors to complete it over 95%, generally as a, as a player or as a coach, you talk about 80%. Eight, you, you, generally, if you compete at 80%, uh, you give yourself a fair chance of winning a footy game. 95%, you're winning every day of the week. And, and we know that the, the Warriors are super talented, and we get those weeks where they turn it on. They're big, they're strong, they're physical. You hold the ball, it's pretty. It's, yeah. it's, it's a bit of an easier game. Speaking, and you hold the ball, you're doing less tackling too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's double-edged sword. So. Speaking of being strong, physical, it was a physical match against the Knights for the yeah. Panthers. So after nine weeks off, gruelling 90 minutes, five-day turnaround, will they be feeling it this week still? Yeah, definitely. They'll have a bit of fatigue. They'll obviously limit their training because this week will all be about recovery. So, um, you know... They might, I would think they'll be kicking themselves a little bit that they did lose or had a draw last weekend after the position they put themselves in. Yes, they'll be fatigued. Uh, yes, they'll expect the Warriors to come out and play well again. And you know, The Warriors have got so much to play for. They're away from their family. They've done a huge gesture to, to allow a game to return. But why wouldn't you just bunker down as teammates? Like, Robbie, you've been playing longer earlier than I have. I've been retired for a while. You go to camp for a while. You get around your teammates for a while. There's, you become so tight and so focused. Hmm. Yep, yeah, great. definitely agree with that. All right, we've got to move on uh, to another cracking game this weekend. The Melbourne Storm up against the Rabbitohs. Two heavyweights in this competition who are coming off losses. This is Friday night footy at Amy Park. Craig Bellamy wasn't happy after his side's loss to the Raiders, their third straight loss to the Green Machine, but hasn't made any unforced changes. Nelson Asifah Solomona is the only man missing from round three after he accepted one match ban. Christian Welsh fills his shoes in the starting side while Riley Jacks is promoted to the bench. Wayne Bennett has again stuck solid with Latrell Mitchell at fullback in what will be the Bunnies' 100th game. James Roberts is a chance of returning following a stint in a rehabilitation facility during the break in the season. He's in Jersey 20. For now, Campbell Graham remains in the centres and round three debutant Troy Dargan is in the halves. The only change to South 17 is Patrick Margot coming onto the bench for Tom Amone, although the duo did switch places late last week. Now, big news out of Melbourne. Apparently, Craig Smith, uh, Craig Smith, Cameron Smith, he is the coach, <laughs> captain, whatever you want to call him down there. Apparently, his beard's gone. That's massive news. Oh. I think if they had have beaten the Green Machine, the beard would have stayed. Speaking of Craig Bellamy, the actual coach, he wasn't too happy uh, with his side's performance last week. I was a little bit embarrassed by that performance, to be quite honest. Um, you know, we knew we were playing a really good team tonight. You know, they're, they're tough, professional, um, and we just didn't match that. In the second half, we just, you know, we could have sort of probably played there all night and not scored a try. We never looked like scoring a try in the second half. So that was really disappointing. I'm not quite sure our, our preparation, how some of the guys prepared as individuals, but, um, you know, hopefully there's a couple of individuals there that, uh, have a bit of a look at himself during the week and hopefully uh, we can turn around next week. Now, I'm very happy, Noddy, that I wasn't in the Storm dressing room after that match because he was filthy. Now, you've been calling for Cam Smith to move to the halves this year yeah. for Melbourne. Is it too early to do it now? No. I, with Melbourne Storm, as you said, about you know a team normally gets 80%. The Melbourne Storm carry high standards, so they would have 80% at least as a move. They had 68% completion rate, so that didn't help themselves build any pressure. But, yeah, they're going... Jerome Hughes is named as half. They've got Riley Jacks again on the bench. Riley Jacks is a backup halfback. So are we going to go through this Brodie Croft, Riley Jacks, um, Jerome Hughes saga again like we have for two years since Cameron 
Cro- uh, Cooper Croc has left the Melbourne Storm. So, haven't settled on it. And I, I think it's time for Smith to, to take the seven role. But Brandon Smith could play maybe nine. Um, they are out of sorts. And I think, it's, I think they have to do it because Cameron Smith's still the best player in that team. Whether he plays nine or seven, he's still going to be the best player in that team. I think they definitely need to adapt. They, they need to adapt. The, the game's changing and it's gone away from that wrestle and, and the things that Melbourne have been so good at for so many years. And I think Melbourne need a change with the game. And if they don't, I think they're going to get left behind. So they need to come up with some solutions there about, I think, the structure, their structure and the way they're going to play the game. If you're Craig Bellamy, do you move Smith this week or is it still too early? Look, I, I still think it, it's too early. I, look, I don't like chopping and changing willy-nilly. So, look, I, I think he'll persist you know, with the combination he's got at the moment, but there's no doubt in the back of his mind that you know, he's thinking if this isn't working, I think we'll see Smith in the seven, you know, in the near future. All right, let's look at the Bunnies. Uh, Cam Murray last year was one of the best back rowers in the game, debuted for the Blues, debuted for Australia. Wayne Bennett moved him to the edge, but is it time to see him back in the middle, given how good he was last year? Yeah, that's right. Well, he's a lock. He's got great late footwork. He plays at 96 kilos. He wins every play of the ball. He push supports, uh, plays out of dummy half. I-, I think he's got a great combination as well with Damien Cook. He-, he understands the play of the ball speed, Robbie, as you said, and it's all about now anticipation of that fast play of the ball. So when he's out on that left edge, you limit how much opportunity he gets. And I know I was at a breakfast with him earlier in the year, and he said, I'm going to start on the edge, and then I'll come in the middle when there's a bit of fatigue. But they just don't have the same punch as they had last yeah. year, South. And, and I think it just takes him out of the game for too long. Yeah, I, I agree. He's he's a middle forward every day of the week. Um, Souths are at their most dangerous when yeah, he's coming to the line with late footwork and then you've got Damien Cook coming out, coming off the back of that, uh, off his quick play of the ball. And I think it's really nullifying you know, something that was such a massive strength for them last year. And then you take him out of the middle there and his mobility. There are other forwards. You've got you know, Tom Burgess, um, uh, sorry, Tavita Totola, Liam Knight, mm. Mark Nichols. They're all they're all pretty like you know, not great footwork, pretty big bodies. So it takes away a lot of the mobility and ball playing out of the middle of the ruck. Speaking of ball playing, I think by Adam Reynolds' own standards, he was quiet last week. Out um, shone by his halves partner in a debutant, Troy Dargan. What do they yeah. need out of him this week in another big game? Because South need a win here. He's got to thread in the line. You know, Reno sometimes, and, and having played with him, I think he. Sometimes, you know, falls into the habit of just organising and, and just shifting the ball early, like just giving early ball. And you look at him here, he's just he's not a threat to the defensive line at all. Uh, teams know he's not going to run. Um, they're not worried about him. So I think he's got to get back to taking the line on and just becoming a threat himself first, first and foremost. And then the opportunities will open up outside him. He's the captain now. He's got to be the leader of this team. He's got to stand up. So that's what responsibility of getting the sea does. Yep. Totally agree. All right, got to move on to uh, probably the match of the round. Cannot wait for this. Saturday Arvo footy, the Eels against the Seagulls at an empty Bank West Stadium. Uh, let's look at the ladder leaders. Of course, the Eels are flying high on top of the ladder and have a very, very healthy roster. Brad Arthur has named an unchanged 17 with the suspended Nathan Brown, uh, the only out until next week. It's a very similar story for the Sea Eagles. Uh, following their big win over the Bulldogs. Des Hasler has been able to name the exact same 21 uh, that he did ahead of round three. Robbie, uh, how much is Mitch Moses benefiting from the form of Dylan Brown? Dylan Brown burst on the scene last year, went quiet or was out for a while with a back injury, but it, it just seems like Mitch Moses, he can shift it to, to Dylan and then just run the show for the Eels. Yeah, I think when you look at the Eels' spine in general, uh, they've got stability there. They, they played with... This spine last year, I think they're the only side coming into this season with the same spine as they finished last year. And you've got uh, Marnie at the ruck, 
uh, Dylan Brown and, and Mitch Moses you know, in the halves and then Gutherson at the back. And I really liked uh, Junior Paulo's game on Thursday night. I thought was an outstanding foil for, for the halves. Yeah, he's going the line and he, he's got a pass on him like a, like a half, but he's such a big body that uh, you don't know if he's going to run. He's going the line, line with the ball in two hands. Uh, he's creating space out the back for his halves as well. And the other thing I loved about Parramatta was their second phase play. I thought the offloads that they, they got on Thursday night really caused Brisbane a lot of, lot of problems. And I think second phase play and breaking up a defensive line like that this year is going to be a massive, massive advantage for him. Two players that are going to cause plenty of problems, well, potentially, for the Eels this weekend. They did against the Bulldogs, were Manly's big men up front. Marty Tapao, Adam Fenua Blake, look at these numbers. Firstly, I would not stand in front of their way. I'd say, boys, go straight to the try line. I'm not going near you. But massive numbers there uh, for Adam Fenua Blake in particular. Noddy, is it a case of stop to power, stop for Noah Blake, stop Manly this weekend? No, no, not really. I think what these two guys do is, as you said, Zach, they're powerful units. They come on, they win some play the balls, they get a bit of second face, which allows then Jake Trevojevic that plays a very similar role, attacking role to Junior Paulo because he can dummy and win a play the ball or take the line on, or he can be the extra ball player that gives a link to Cherry Evans. So that releases Cherry Evans to be a pass wider. Um, they come up with a nice set play last week with Tom Travojevic uh, scoring a try and just decoy. It's going to be a good battle. It's going to be a battle of the halves, the, the, the four halves I'm looking forward to playing because there's two running sixes, two game-managing sevens, um, two fullbacks that are in form, some forward battles that like to play out, and, and they'll play some football this game. Robbie, the... I'll say, yeah, I think they're the best middle three in the game, best starting middle three in the game when you've got Fanul Blake, Tapao and Trapojevic. I think, hands yeah. down, the best starting three in the game. And for me, if, if Parramatta can stop them, it, I, I think it does go a long way to winning the game. Um, and vice versa, I, I think the platform they're laying at the moment is giving the likes of Trapojevic and, and Cherry Evans the opportunities out the back of it. OK, so the best middle in the game, middles in the game, comes up against the best defence in the game. The Parramatta Eels only conceding 14 points through their first uh, three matches. It's a, it's a record in terms of 20 years in the NRL. But yep. is it a true read of where they're at in terms of their defence, given the strength of their opposition, the Bulldogs, the Titans and an undermanned Broncos? Look, I think it is. Any time you're, 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 you're only leaking 14 points in three games, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, you're in the NRL, it's, it's, a, it's a tough ask. So look, they've definitely set a, a good foundation you know, for, the, for the start of the season and, and now th th they've laid the benchmark. You know, they know what the benchmark is and, and now that's what they've got to live up to each week. Well, it will live up to all the hype hopefully this week and the match of the round, you can watch it on Nine, Foxtel and Sky New Zealand or using KO or right here on the NRL app uh, using your Telstra Live Pass. International viewers can watch it on Watch NRL using their Global Pass. The late game on Saturday should be another cracker. The Cowboys against the Sharks at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. And how's this? A massive, massive blow for the home side. Jason Taumalolo, their forward leader, has been ruled out with bone bruising to his knee. The Cowboys say it should only be a week. He should be a chance for next week. Josh Maguire shifts to lock to cover the loss there with Francis Molo moving up front. Tom Gilbert will make his NRL debut from the bench while Gavin Cooper is named to return from a calf strain. His return sees Shane Wright miss out while Saturday night's match will mark a Valentine Holmes' first match against his former club. 
Another big blow here for the Sharks. They're without their best player from 2019 in Chad Townsend, who has been ruled out with a hamstring injury he picked up in round three. That opens the door for Matt Moylan to return to the halves alongside Sean Johnson. Andrew Fafita is also missing again. He was a late scratching uh, last week due to a calf strain. So Tony Toby Rudolph starts up front as he did against the Tigers. Connor Tracy has been included on the bench. He dropped off last week while Sifa Talakai is set to make his NRL debut in Jersey 16. Robbie, uh, I guess the middles there for the Sharks will be happy. No Jason Tamalolo. But how big a loss is that for them to overcome? Oh, he's arguably the best forward in the game at the moment. Um, so he's a massive loss. Uh, obviously, Gavin Cooper back gives them a bit of experience as well. But... Um, yeah, yeah, how do you replace a player like Jason Tamalolo? You saw him last week, I think. First half, ran 70 metres, kind of wasn't really his usual self. Comes out in the second half, runs for over 200, uh, you know, just blows him off the park. And I think he did that with the injured knee in the first half. So. Yeah, so the, the Cowboys told us today that he actually suffered the injury in the first 10 minutes, so that's yeah. why he was relatively quiet. Yeah. Yeah. But then they thought, no, no, he's okay. Yeah. He's come back and run 200 metres in the second half alone. Yeah, and again, it's about the load, I suppose, player resting. You know, knee bruising, you're not quite sure. Yeah. You can't see how much it's bruised. So you rest him a week and hopefully he's good next week with 16 more straight competition rounds to put up with. I, I, I thought... Um, Reese Robertson was really good off the bench. He got yeah. his opportunity. So you know, you know the Sharks should be expecting. If it's near the try line, your, f your first message should be watch a dummy half because he's going to try and sneak a try through the ruck. Okay. And, and I think I said at the start of the season, I said I, I don't think it'll be too long before Reese Robertson yeah. becomes a starting hooker up there. And he played longer minutes than Jake Granville on, on the weekend. And I think he was a, a dynamic threat at a dummy half. Well, if he does play... That well again this week. The question here, so get ready, will be whether he has to come to the starting side because it is a great question. Mm. Val Holmes showed so yeah. so much promise against the Titans. Will he be back to his best? He said he might be a month off, but against your former club, surely you get up for this. Oh, he'll be up for the game, yeah, certainly. You know, the touches he had last week were first class. Um, you know, I thought we... He'd come back from, obviously, his NFL dream. He obviously had to change body shape, get match fitness, and, and learn to be a, a fullback again. Come up with some wonderful passes, so I expect that to happen again this week. Uh, he'll know... He's playing against a few of his former teammates. Uh, his run metres will be certainly very, very important. Um, I, I don't, we don't expect him to be the, the really crafty ball-playing fullback, but that was, that was a sign of some good touches. But that's the thing. Like, you always expect him to be that runner. Yeah. You know, he's never been known for his ball-playing ability, and especially being out of the game for so long. Mm. To come back, you weren't really expecting much of him in a ball-playing sense, but some of, the, some of the touches he had and the quick hands he had out in the back on on um, Sunday, was it Sunday, Friday? I can't remember. Yeah. Friday, Friday, Friday night. Um, now that, that was as good as any fullback in the game. And I think you're starting to see that, that class coming back in and I think it's just going to get better and better. Okay, what about the uh, Sharkies? Uh, we've got some vision here of a poor miss between Josh Dugan and Chad Townsend. Now, Wade Graham's eyes, Robbie, you were a skipper once. Yeah. Game on the line, 0-2 start to the year, 16 all, 16 minutes to go. You get that stare from your skipper or you give that stare. What is the message behind I think it? I would have had a few words as, as well as a stare, <laughs> to be honest. I think if any of the boys at the Tigers will tell you, there would have been a few uh, F-bombs coming out from my mouth there. But, yeah, look, that, that's just not good enough. You know, off a, off a dropout restart, um, to come up with that sort of effort um, is not anything you'd you expect to see in the NRL um, and from some of your teammates there. And as a captain, I think he's got every right to give him that death stare, to be honest. And um, there, there would have been some you know, harsh words said behind the line, no doubt. So that's from the captain. What about the coach? John Morris, still relatively young. If that's a Craig Bellamy in the sheds afterwards, you'd think, you know what, he's probably going to go hard at those players. Is, is it time for John Morris? Maybe he did. 
go hard at them that's and spray them in front of someone, or is you give them a cuddle? No, that's, that's not a cuddle situation. And it's two of your most experienced players too. They're not kids. They're not. Ki- I don't. I think you know. You looked at how that game started. The Tigers jumped out of the blocks. They looked amazing. They looked like they were home. And then Cronulla got back on top and were leading 16 points to 10. And then you come up with a decision like that on the line drop on tackle one, no fatigue. So I think you're entitled to give senior players a spray. Uh, and your standards have got to be so much higher than that in the NRL. Whether you're a kid or whether you're a senior, your standards have got to rise. Okay. No Chad Townsend, more than a six. Like it? Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, yeah, he's got great ball-playing ability. I think, obviously, he was probably a bit short of a run uh, last week. Uh, but he'll be better for that. And... Yeah, him and him and Johnson have to take control of this side. Uh, they just, yeah, Townsend got hooked last week uh, because of the injury, mm. but I don't think he was really playing that good footy anyway. And now's a chance for Moreland to really establish himself in the halves. It's a big week for him. There's no Tao Malolo. There's none from three. Uh, the season can disappear very yeah. quickly. All right. Well, uh, the Raiders are loving the season so far after their big <laughs> win down at Amy Park, celebrating Josh Papali's 200th game. They take on the Knights Sunday Arvo footy at Campbelltown Stadium after missing round three with a leg infection. Bailey Simonson has been named to return on the wing. Jordan Rappinup scored a try early, but he drops back to the bench. And Michael Oldfield is out of the 17. There's still no John Bateman in Ricky Stewart's team list, though. The English back rower is yet to overcome a shoulder injury that will see him miss. Uh, Maybe this week. Hopefully he's back next week. Let's look at the Knights. Caelan Ponga returns from suspension, but rookie Tex Hoy has kept his spot in the 17. He comes from the starting side back to the bench. After a late switch last week, Bradman Best has again edged out Jahamit Jibasaki to remain in the centres. Skipper Mitchell Pearce needs to get through another test this week to be cleared to play following that nasty concussion he suffered on Sunday. Unfortunately, Connor Watson is no chance of playing. He'll miss the next month at least with a Cindersmosis injury. But the positive news and great recruitment is uh, through Andrew McCulloch making his Knights debut at hooker. Lachlan Fitzgibbon remains hamstrung, but debutant Brody Jones is in the 17. Chris Randall, though, he was great in his debut, set a uh, record for a debutant with 71 tackles in his first match. Unfortunately, it looks like he will miss out. Uh, plenty of talk, Robbie, about the Raiders' number seven. Is he the missing link? From what you've seen, what gives you the confidence that he is? I think he is. Uh, I probably had my question marks. You always do when you have an import coming out from, from England and it's obviously a step up in class playing in the, in the NRL. And from what I've seen of him um, in the first few rounds, I think yeah, he's definitely improved their side. He's defensively is really strong, which I really like from a halfback. Um, and the other thing is he's just running. He's taking the line on and you see some of the plays he's come up with, some silky touches. Uh, that ball he threw out uh, to, was it Simonson on the wing? Uh, Kotrick, sorry, yeah, Kotrick yeah. on the wing was as good as a, a ball you'll see from any halfback in the game. And um, you know, as I said there, defensively, look at that shot he's pulled off. I think he's playing some great footy. It was a big decision to let Aiden Caesar go. Yeah. At the end, end of last year, they were near the top of the ladder. That Aiden Caesar had already gone before they get to the grand final. They'd bought George Williams, but they've gone out and recruited very well with the English players. Um, there were some reports, obviously, you saw how tough he was in this game, so defensively yeah. great. Um, there were some reports that his communication wasn't great, and then I spoke to some people in Canberra in the off-season, they said, mate, it doesn't shut up on the field. And then, as you said, Robbie, that couple of those passes you come up with means he'll suit the style of football, mm. the ad-lib football that we have currently produced in the NRL from round three. So it's a, it's a huge bonus for him. I don't think it's a matter of him not talking. I think it's a matter of trying to understand him. Yeah. He's such a thick accent. I spent some time with him in the preseason, 
and even journos today, he spoke to the media today and they said we need subtitles because it's all through a Zoom call. Just anyway. Point. Just point. Get there. Get there. Yeah. Just roll there. Just roll there. All right. Uh, let's look at the uh, Knights. Uh, Joey Johns, one of the greatest, or if not the greatest player to ever play the game, said it was the toughest and brave, most brave performance he's seen from the Knights. Three local juniors up against it. They lose their skipper. They yeah. lose their hooker. Are we seeing a rebirth of the Knights? Well, I think we've seen a rebirth of the Knights. The first few weeks, we, we heard about the culture they were creating. The Adam O'Brien was bringing some remarks from a former coach, probably the inaugural coach, in a guy called Alan McMahon, and spoke in the old days about earn the right to play football. Uh, it's every sort of win comes off the back of the defence. He'd spent time with Craig Bellamy, spent time with Trent Robinson, which are two defensive units. The courage they showed was amazing. And, and, and I listened to some of the comments on Sunday night when I was watching the game. The senior players were just sitting on the sideline nice and calm because they had trust in the players. Mm. And that trust only comes from training hard all off-season, buying into what the coach is saying to you. They have obviously bought uh, Tyson from Z- Frizzell from the Dragons, so that was a massive bonus for them as well. So all things are shining in light of, of Newcastle fighting hard, being competitive, and, and with a touch of class. They get Kale and Ponga back this week. Hopefully Mitchell does play. That's great signs for a victory. And a very confident Tex Hoy. He said, throw me in anywhere, coach. I'll, I'll do the job. Yeah, yeah, he did the job last week and, and now he's earned a spot in the 17, obviously coming off the bench. And um, again, that, yeah, their resilience last week for a bunch of kids. When, when your backs are against the wall, sometimes you try and pretty yourself out, yeah. out of a game. But they won that, or they got a draw out of that game defensively. Yeah. Uh, they, they just, they rolled the sleeves up and they, they knew, they said, all right, we, we might not have points in us today. We've lost our halfback, we've lost our hooker, but we'll find a way to get something out of this game. And they did it defensively, which was a really pleasing aspect. Well, Justin Holbrook will want his Titans to roll their sleeves up this weekend when they take on the West Tigers at Suncorp Stadium, 6.30pm Eastern uh, Sunday night. Uh, another week, another host of changes for the Titans, though. Tyrone Roberts is back at fullback after recovering from an ankle injury. Philip Sammy moves to the wing. The halves remain the same with Ash Taylor at six and Jamal Fogarty at seven. Aaron Clark starts at hooker in place of Nathan Peets. Tanner Boyd comes onto the bench alongside the record Bryce Cartwright and Jamin Jolliffe. Young Tonomapia will make his Titans debut while Jared Wallace, Jai Whitbread, Jonas Pearson and Shannon Boyd have all been overlooked by the coach Justin Holbrook. Let's look at the Tigers. An injury-free outing against the Sharks sees Michael Maguire name an unchanged 17 with debutant Alex Safarth holding onto his spot on the bench. Corey Thompson is the only change in the West Tigers' uh, 21-man squad. Uh, Noddy, Justin Holbrook made a host of changes last week. Only 10, uh, 10 positional or personal changes in his starting 13. He's dropped at least four players this week. If he doesn't see a response, where to next week? Well, I think he's searching for the team, the players that want to have a have a dig, have a fight, just play a really tough brand of football because that's what the West Tigers are going to do. They give you nothing, they fight for the 80 minutes, they, they get in front of your face. Uh, I think Tanner Boyd is obviously putting Ash Taylor on huge notice. Um, Tanner Boyd's a halfback, a young kid from the, the Queensland competition that is a great runner. So Justin Horrible, I suppose he hasn't been there for a long, de- a long amount of time and it's hard to work out the, the character or the culture of your players until you see him fighting. Training's different to playing. So I think last week it's a sign of he doesn't think they're digging in well enough or fighting well enough. So we'll find new players and we'll, he'll have to keep searching week in, week out to find the ones that want to fight for his football club and they'll be the ones that he'll probably keep staying there beyond this year. Speaking mm. of fines, the West Tigers, Mike Maguire, they say goodbye to one great hooker and they find two really good young hookers. Yeah, and I, I thought the combination of the two on the weekend was a, a really yeah, big positive for us on on, um, you know, on Saturday and 
Harry Grant started the game really well, was really strong defensively, did his job, uh, took his opportunities when he saw him, gave great service. And then with 20 minutes to go, you inject Billy Walters into the game, who's a bit more of a dynamic runner, a bit more speed, and really broke up the Sharks' defence uh, and helped them ice the game in the last 20 minutes. And I, I, I like the look of this Tigers side because they've got balance right across the park now. You've got Dewey at the back. Uh, you found yourself a, a great combination in the nine roll, uh, some mobile forwards, and then you've got the experience of Benji and Brooksy in the halves. So... I'm excited about what's ahead for the Tigers. All right, we're lucky because in round four we have five days of footy. It extends to Monday on the Queen's birthday long weekend. The Bulldogs and the Dragons Monday afternoon at Bankwest Stadium. Has Kieran Foran been named? Yes, he has. In Jersey 6, he's set to return from a shoulder injury to play his 200th NRL match on Monday. The Kiwi International replaces Jack Cogger at 5'8", as the Bulldogs field a third different halves pairing for 2020 in just four games. Let's look at the Dragons. Paul McGregor has named a couple of big or has made a couple of big changes, rather, starting with Corey Norman switching to fullback. The playmaker finished last year there, played the final six games of 2019 in the number one jersey. That means Adam Clune will make his debut in the halves alongside Ben Hunt. Corbin Sims is nowhere in the 21. Josh Kerr comes into the starting side with Trent Merrin recalled alongside Isaac Luke on the bench. Tyrell Fuimayono and Matt Dufty miss out. Uh, Robbie, great news for the Bulldogs. We heard last week that he might be a few weeks away, so I don't know whether the Bulldogs are desperate so they're throwing him in or whether the coaching staff there are over here and saying, hey, I'm ready. But on a serious note, his body has failed him, unfortunately, so many times in the past. Yeah. Is it time for him to change the way he plays and Kenny at this stage in his career? Oh, it's a, it's a tough one because he's always played so tough. You know, Kieran Foran's always been known for you know, his toughness as a half, going to the line with the ball in his hand, getting whacked, getting back up again. Uh, defensively, he's always put his body on the line as well. So, look, you wouldn't want to see him change his game too much. But, look, all reports uh, how confident he is in his body, the work he's put in through the off-season into the shoulder, into his body, and he's saying he's feeling great. I just hope they haven't rushed him back too quick um, and put him at risk of hurting himself again. But... Obviously, they're pretty desperate. So, uh, as you mentioned, the third halves pairing uh, this season already, and um, it's almost like they're just searching for answers, trying to come up with, with something to get that win. Speaking of searching for a win, the Dragons, Noddy. Uh, Corey Norman to fullback, no Corbin Sims. Will that make a big difference? Are they the right changes for an under-siege club? No. Well, they've lost 14 in the last 17 games, haven't they? 17 in the last 21. So they've been on a slide for a fair while now. So, uh, searching for answers, obviously... Paul McGregor needs to come up with some solutions because these two coaches are under enormous pressure already. So um, Adam Clune obviously will come in and make his debut. Obviously a player who, you know, in the off-season was a development player. So he trained in the off-season really hard. He earned the right to get a full-time contract. He's a top 30 player now and he gets a chance to start. So yeah, they're, they're a quality roster. They are a seriously quality football side, the St. George Illawarra Dragons, but they're just not taking the names or the players that they got onto the park. So there's something definitely missing there. Robbie, there's plenty of heat on the coach, but surely yeah. some of those big names have to stand up. So who, who are the players that you want to see, you know, take this, the game by the scruff of the neck and go, hang on, this is my team? Well, the obvious ones are obviously Ben Hunt and, and Corey Norman. You know, they, they both went there as marquee players, big name signings on big money. And whether you like it or not, when you're on big money, you're expected to perform. And, uh, you know, you've got to do it consistently. You can't just be one game out of three or, you know, one game out of five or six. They've got to do it week in, week out and really lead these guys. And... Corey Norman's moved to the one position now where I think where I think is his best football. Oh, I think he is a one. Um, so look, he needs to produce it this week. But look, for me, 
Mary McGregor's just got to settle on a side and because at the moment I don't think he's got confidence in the team he's putting out there. We've seen three different fullbacks in four games. They started the year with Zach Lomax at fullback. He got dropped the next week and then Dufty was there. Now Dufty's gone and Corey Norman's there. So as a playing group, when your coach is making all these changes, it doesn't really instill confidence in the 17 either. But uh, as you said, partly coach um, with the selections and a bit of stability there, but partly players too and they just got to deliver and, and now... Yeah, you know, if it doesn't happen now, then unfortunately, um, that whole club is just really going to be under pressure. Noddy, how worrying is it if you're a Dragons fan sitting at home and you think, I've waited two months or longer mm. for footy to return and your team doesn't turn up? Yeah, and didn't turn up defensively last week. You know, the, dra- the Warriors were really good with high completion rate, but they didn't ask a great deal of questions. And the Dragons in attack offered absolutely nothing. And then we read reports that they got blown off the park by their opposed opposition, which is their reserve grade side on the Saturday leading into the Sunday. Uh, huge questions. And as you said, if you go searching for solutions to get a win, you, you lose trust in the players. And then the players, I think, lose trust in you to get better. They've trained since November, yeah. December, January, February, March. We've had eight weeks off. But w- they should have been settled on what their best 17, 18, 19 players looked like by now. Well, plenty of pressure on Adam Clune in the number seven jersey, but it's great to finally yeah. see the 25-year-old given his chance in the top grade. Of course, we want you all to be watching uh, this match uh, on Monday via our broadcast partners, Nine, Foxtel, KO, Sky New Zealand, right here on NRL.com using your Telstra Live Pass. Uh, just a quick one. Do you guys know what we would be preparing for on Wednesday if we didn't have this whole coronavirus pandemic? Origin. Origin Adelaide. one at Adelaide, Adelaide Oval. Adelaide. But... The exciting news is it is back at the end of the year. Can't wait for Origin in November. Time for your prediction, oh, Robbie. Do you know you I would have been coaching? Not okay, okay not first. You used to have I was under 18s yeah. oh. at Adelaide Oval. Okay. We been... But we're going to put you under the microscope oh. ahead of that game. What about, potentially I'm a little bit older than you two guys, so I remember uh. the, the video footage of Manly versus Para in the old days, you know. Manly versus Para, backs against the wall. Here we go again. Oh, yeah. back, to the, <laughs> back to those days. How good is that? Clash, James Tedesco will score a double. My headline. Oh, is that bold enough? Hey, look who they're playing. I know who they're playing, but... Oh. All right, we'll live with it. Oh. No Titans mentioned, please. Bulldogs, Dragons, game of the season. So far. No. <laughs> Tom Trebojevic, another man of the match performance for Manly. There's another one for you. Okay, I can't wait to... Hopefully see both of your predictions uh, come off. Can't wait for round six this year as well in two weeks. Why? Well, it's Beanies for Brain Cancer round, which is one of the great initiatives uh, for our great game. Uh, We don't have to wait too long. The good news is uh, the Beanies for this year are on sale right now. You can order them online at markhughesfoundation.com.au or at participating IGA and Lowe's stores in New South Wales and the ACT. $25 for either of the adults. Uh, beanies or $20 for a kid uh, beanie, it all goes uh, towards a great cause in fighting uh, or fi- trying to find a cure for brain cancer. So yeah, there actually are already in stores. We went and got ours yesterday. Great, and uh, we'll have someone uh, set next week and the week after we'll be wearing them. So don't worry about doing your hair the week Beautiful. after. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, Around yeah. six. It'll save, me, it'll save me an hour or two. Yeah, don't you worry. Um, all right, Inside the NRL is back next Monday. A special time after that Dragons uh, Bulldogs match, which will be game of the year in the eyes of Robbie Farrah. Katie Brown, Jamie Soward, and Michael Chamis uh, will be there dissecting that across the press conferences. Make sure you check out this week's episode because Dylan Brown and interim NRL CEO Andrew Abdo were the stars of the show. You guys were the stars once again. Uh, we're off and running. Oh, stop it. Oh, please. <laughs> no backstabbing, no stitch-ups this week. It was a good week.
all in this together, Zach. You know that. There's a fair chance there'll be one next week. <laughs> uh, hopefully you can join us next Tuesday.